3: Bradley and Dawn. A Mike Ganger production.
0: Welcome back to the most wonderful program on the radio. I am, of course, talking about the adventures of Bradley and Dawn. And we watched watched some television last night, and we're going to tell you all about it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're going to get to the Not A Book Club. We're going to talk about Harry. We're going to talk about his book Spare. But first, we cannot go any further without talking about the Golden Globes last night. Am I right, Juan?
1: That is exactly right. Um, From the very minute I turned it on, we had to scan our TV to get, you know, to get NBC. Wow. um yeah it's TV. just out here it just it doesn't pick it up well so you have to like sort of continuously rescan to try to find the station wow, <laughs> it's a whole thing because okay. we don't normally watch uh network but TV. you got to
0: see it did you not by we the way are you feeling better we need to know
1: <clears throat> i am feeling uh, every day a little bit
0: better okay yep. good
1: absolutely but i was a little nervous last night um, with the kind of mess that the Golden Globes were.
0: Oh, okay. So Dawn's headline from the Golden Globes 2023. It was a mess. What do you mean it was a mess?
1: My my headline is, can someone be serious, please?
0: Oh, tell me more. Are you talking I about just, the audience?
1: I feel like um, right from the get-go, nobody was sitting down. It's too crowded. Mm. Uh, poor Gerard Carmichael is had to say please please everybody be quiet like it was like trying to corral kindergartners from the minute like why is it not like being treated like a real production where people are in place and it's like we are starting the live show that you're on mm-hmm. that you are privileged to be on like now so And, like, give me a countdown before I need to be in my seat. It was like, are you kidding me? Why isn't this being treated with reverence? I mean, I know it's not the Oscars, but it's the only other serious award show throughout history that was, like, you know, second to the Oscars, despite all their problems. But it was just so strange to me how... Throughout the entire broadcast, the audience was very poorly behaved.
0: Yeah, the audience being, of a course, of A-list celebrities, everybody that uh, you watch on the big screen and the little screen, right? <laughs> Can I ask you overall, just like your first impression from the Golden Globes as an award show, it's coming back, remember, after for the audience who doesn't maybe remember because maybe it fell off your radar or it never was, yeah. and you, you alluded to the fact that this is second only to the Oscars, it was not. Uh, it was not aired last year. It happened last year. It just did not air. So as it's now coming back to air because of all the controversy with Gerard Carmichael hosting, what what was your other than that the audience was misbehaved? I, did you feel like it accomplished the goal of like we're back? It's the Golden Globes.
1: I think that um, it didn't. It was like because it wasn't treated seriously. Everybody was, like, drunk and... It was, like, disgusting half the time how people were just so flippantly walking on stage and being bumbly and stumbly and not preparing. In, I'm sorry, but this is your biggest audition of your life. Mm. You're in front of every producer and every director that could cast you in the future. Dawn is your agent calling the
0: next morning telling you about yourself. uh,
1: Managers were pooping their pants everywhere because they couldn't believe <laughs> yeah. that their people that they manage were up on stage treating it like it was a frat party.
0: Can I, can I ask <laughs> Except you? Except
1: for a, a select few who actually have reverence for their craft.
0: I, there were a few people that had some reverence, and we're going to talk about them later in the show, because I, 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 I take your point, and I felt the sort of... Mostly because Gerard Carmichael would point it out when he would come back from break and he would say, like, hey, guys, shut. I mean, at one point he literally said shut up. I was like, oh, OK, all right. He's going there.
1: It was weird. But
0: but here was the other thing I, I thought of. Like, do you wonder if perhaps that feeling you had like these people are all drunk? They're not paying attention. They're acting yeah. like this is all about them. That kind of mm. was the spirit of the Golden Globes that we knew and loved. Right. Like the reason we loved was the Golden different. Globes was that everybody had booze. It was the Oscars with alcohol. I'm not saying that was right or that that's... And no
1: food, apparently, as Mike White pointed out. Yeah, he
0: did point out, like, I'm drunk. It's because they gave us no food, which I don't know if there were cutbacks or if there were staffing issues or perhaps their dinner was on a Southwest flight that never made it, but...
1: (laughs) I think that he got there late, sort of late, like you do... Like, not everyone's going to be there at 6.30 to have the dinner. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but my question to you then is, like, do you wonder if it's, like, maybe because we didn't do this for, like, a year? I mean, substantially, it's been two full years, really just one year that we didn't see the telecast. But it's been two full years since we've seen a bunch of drunk celebrities disrespecting their industry in a way that they kind of used to always do.
1: But... At least we had a framework of civility mm. that um, I felt like unsafe. The host, like <laughs> he, he, made me feel, he didn't make me feel safe on stage. And that's oh. what a host should do. Like, like just like what we learned from um, when we did our uh, project down in dirty comedy. Mm. You know, they taught us that you need to p- make people feel comfortable on stage. You know, it's something that is your job when you walk out there. Don't make people feel threatened or uncomfortable. Interesting. And I just felt like there wasn't enough framework yeah. for him. It was so loosey-goosey that I always felt nervous. Um, I didn't feel like he has this together. I'm not saying he wasn't a good host, but it was too loosey-goosey for me.
0: Okay. All right. So um, maybe would you have Gerard Carmichael come back? and do yes yeah
1: but with a better director a lot of this is like not his fault like i felt like there was literally no director yeah there I, weren't any things that were like okay we're gonna plan this it i was will,
0: weird i will say and if you're just joining us we're talking about our sort of uh thoughts and feelings impressions from the first impressions from the golden globes telecast last night I, I just felt overall, my overall take on the Golden Globes telecast last night was, I don't know if we still need award shows <laughs> beyond the Oscars. Yeah. And what I mean by that specifically from the broadcast last night is like some of the things you mentioned, right? Like there were things that annoyed me, like the audience district, like, look, I've been at you events before. Calm down. I've yeah. been at events before where I just want you to know if you're ever going to MC anything, don't ever expect the audience to listen to you. Like you're out there, do your performance, own it and move on because <laughs> the audience, if they've got booze or food in front of them, they're not listening. That said, so like I get all of that and I totally, I totally think you're absolutely right. Every single one of those criticisms. And I would say I wonder if that just means it's time for us to move on, which oddly was a conversation we were having before the Golden Globes stopped doing Uh their telecast, right? right? Mm -hmm. So Because I just feel like it's so weird, right? Like when we're watching the telecast, we have all these thoughts about the actors, um, you know, like what they really must be thinking or what they'd really want to be saying. And then like, it just gets taken over by all these side stories. Like everybody's trying to make a joke about like have a meta joke experience throughout the night. Oh, like don't
1: even get me started.
0: Everybody's trying to point those out. The host is trying to be a host, but separate themselves, differentiate themselves by not being a host. And so you've oh. got all of these people trying to like, I just feel like maybe the award show format that we know and love like the one where we would sit down, stare at the TV for uh, two and a half hours. I feel like maybe that time has passed. I don't know. That was my first takeaway. But that said, there was still a lot of really great stuff in it. And I know, for example, you wanted to talk about Jennifer Coolidge.
1: Jennifer Coolidge did, um, before she even accepted her award, which we're not going to play, an amazing introduction that was pure comedy gold. It was basically Tanya from White Lotus, but then I have discovered that I think she just is Tanya. Like, that is her. She's not doing a bit. That is her. But it was so good. I think it is a bit, and she's an expert at it. And even though it was like five minutes long, it still warranted. It was still so perfect. And then she accepted her award where she got serious, but it was also so real in her that i cried i cried like editing the clip i cried Aww. watching it last night like i know that i wanted to play the whole thing but it's you know like three minutes which is a lot of time for us so i think we have half of it or something
0: yeah so we have a clip this is jennifer coolidge accepting her award last night at the golden globes and uh we'll just play it till you tell us to i think it, it, it it'll it play uh about halfway through
2: oh wow thank you so much wow and uh, thank you, Hollywood Foreign Press. That really means a lot. Thank you. I, wow, I, um, yeah, I, can, I can put this down, right? No, I just, uh, uh, I don't work out, you know what I mean? I can't hold it that long. But um, uh, you know, I, um, this is such a great night. I'm so glad to be here and be in the company of all of you. And um, Hollywood Foreign Press, thank you. I. I just want to say, you know, there were, um, some of the people in this room here, there were like five people that that kept me going for, you know, 20 years with these little jobs. And Ryan Murphy, you were one of them. You know, these these little jobs that like kept me going, there was, it was like five, five Catherine, it was like, you know, you Ryan, and, um, and let's see, we got, well, who else was there? It was just you, Ryan. I don't know. No, but I mean, there were, you just, I didn't have like, you know, no, I didn't know anybody and it never, it just was sort of this thing that wasn't going anywhere. Anyway, you know, um, and then there were these people who would sort of give you these cute little jobs and it would just be enough to get to the next one, next one, even Michael Patrick King, you kept me going for a long time, but, but you know, and then there would be, you know, Reese, you got me, you know, Legally Blonde and then the Whites Brothers kept me going with like five, because some of these things would go like five, you know, five different episodes, you know, five different um, sequels of American pie, milk that to the (laughs) bone.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It was so real and just... It I loved it, and then at the end, it made me cry because she thanked Mike White and let everybody know what kind of person he is, mm-hmm. and he was in tears. Like that's going to be a meme for sure. Mike White crying. <laughs> I will say it was adorable.
0: Yeah, I will say there were some really heartfelt speeches. We'll listen to a few more later in the show. I wanted the thing I found interesting in terms of like looking at the Golden Globes telecast overall and sort of from ten thousand feet. There were a bunch of speeches about folks who felt like they were seen or that their careers had a a second chapter that they weren't expecting, Michelle Yeoh. Um, and, And those were the heartwarming stories where it was like Hollywood. And in fact, Ryan Murphy, who accepted the Carol Burnett Award, used his opportunity to talk about all of the people that he's worked Lovely. with, he really used it as a platform to shine a light on others. And each one of those stories were about people who maybe felt left out or not seen, and then Hollywood was able to see them. So oddly, and I don't imagine that things were planned, like you're all going to have a speech about how you've been seen and how Hollywood... Absolutely but that not. was sort of the takeaway, and I think that was one of the redeeming qualities. I know you also wanted to share a clip from Colin Farrell
1: yes because you were annoyed by the piano playing people off too soon some people had an eternity to talk and then some people Colin Farrell had the most succinct pointed like wonderful speech that he just blew through that was amazing and he only had like a minute to do it and this is a clip of him being played off where he's trying to just get in the last bit
0: well and what I will say really quickly is the timing
1: Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this
0: is Chris Jenner,
1: LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends.
0: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. It, and that that piano, we're going to talk about it later, but that piano drove <laughs> me up a wall. Not the woman playing the piano. The She
1: drove me up a wall too, but...
0: Why did she drive you up a wall? She did a great job. She was a
1: little bit too amused with herself.
0: Oh my God, Don! It, it. it was her but night to I shine. It was her night to shine. No, but the I piano I'm talking about. <laughs> what did you say?
1: <laughs> I don't know. We'll talk about that later. The
0: um, the piano that I was talking about is the sort of automated like hook that they threw out whenever people's speeches went long, and that's what Don mentioned is what in this happens. clip. I want to thank Sheila Flitton who played our band She, I want to thank the cast and the crew and the locals of Inishmore and Ackle Island that brought us in and there was lines blurred between all of us so that we were just one big family for the betterment of all of our souls on that experience and uh, lastly Jenny the donkey who is yeah, yeah Jenny and she's having a, a, an early retirement because she's so you can business, you're welcome to it. I'm one and done, so she's gone, and my kids at home were watching this, James and Henry, the loves of my life. I love you so much, and thanks, uh,
3: Hollywood Farm Press. All the best.
0: You could hear him getting played off. Some people, the thing I want to know is, it, it was clear as the night went on that that piano showed up super, super fast, way quicker. Like, some people would have, like, two minutes to go on, and then some people would have, like, not even 30 seconds, and that piano would start playing.
1: And uh, I was so glad, you know, I I wasn't, I didn't love the piano player being so smug, but I will say I was glad that Gerard Carmichael pointed out that it wasn't her, it was a track. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't her playing people off, because I think people at home, people were tweeting, like, why is she doing that?
0: I kept thinking to myself, that was a poor choice (laughs) to have to highlight an individual performer and then have Mm -hmm. your playoff music be the same instrument because everybody would assume like again it's just this stage this (laughs) nobody wants to hear bagpipes during an (laughs) award show much less any other time speaking of we'll talk about him later in the show and when we come back holly's going to join us with all the latest from hollywood doing a dirt alert right here on my talk 1071.
3: the little blind spot
0: Hey, my talkers. Bradley here for my friends at Little Blind Spot and Hunter Douglas with huge savings for 2023. If ever there was a time to visit the Little Blind Spot showroom, that time is here. Right now, select Hunter Douglas Duet honeycomb shades qualify for a U.S. federal tax credit of 30% off the purchase value, up to $1,200. That's right, I said $1,200. Hunter Douglas honeycomb shades are designed to conserve energy at the window in any season. They trap heat inside the honeycomb fabrics during the winter months and keep cool air inside your home in summer. It's like they were made for Minnesotans. Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades are available in many fabrics, including light filtering, room darkening, and blackout shading options. Visit the Little Blind Spot showroom in downtown Hopkins today for help from the best experts in the business. Or you can visit them online at littleblindspot.com. And don't forget to tell if Bradley sent you. Sing it with me. The Little Blind Spot. We're big on service. Of my talk, dirt alert. And here with all the latest from Hollywood, it is none other than Holly Roberts.
4: Hello, Holly. Hello, Bradley. Hello, Don. Hello, Mike. Hi, welcome. Award season keeps rolling. We had the Golden Globes last night, and this morning, the Screen Actors Guild Awards has announced their nominees
0: The Sags. The
1: Sags. Oh, the Sags.
4: Yes, The Banshees of Inna and Everything Everywhere All at Once are this year's big nominees at the 2023 Screen Actors Guild Awards.
0: I, I forgot to tell you this, Donna. I, over the holiday, watched or started to watch The Banshees of Inna oh, And nice. I stopped. And I'm not going to tell you. For the sake of the audience, I don't want to reveal anything. But there was a very okay. specific moment. One of five moments, if you will. Uh, that happened throughout the movie, and after the first moment, I was like, "I'm out. I don't." Oh, really? <laughs> I don't. But, I can't but that wait.
1: Said- I can't wait to hear what you have to say. But
0: Jamie, um, Jamie loved that movie, and yeah. I loved the part that I watched. It stuck with me in the way that we talked about the other day. That movies, you, you, even if I was like, "Why do I love that?" It, 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 it sat with me. So I can see why it's getting a lot of a word buzz.
1: I was surprised that um, because it is so sort of weird, I was thrilled that it did, you know, Martin McDonough, not to, sorry, Holly. No,
0: it's fine. <laughs> did, did
4: you see it, Holly? Right here. <laughs> yeah, I watched it over the weekend. Okay, good. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So I love him as a playwright. You know, I've been in some of the plays that he's written. He's just a great screenwriter. And, you know, it proved to be last night as well. So I was excited to see that it was just such a great script. And I'm I'm glad to see that it was well-received, like, in, in this way, it wasn't too weird for people is what I'm saying.
4: Yeah, I watched the Banshees of Inishirin over the weekend. It's available to stream on HBO Max right now. And it mm-hmm. is one of those movies that's hard to mm, put words to. You have to <laughs> right. experience it because when somebody asks what it, what it is about, you can say it's about two friends feuding, but it's also so much more. Yeah, but you have to watch it. And Bradley, I think I know what you're talking <laughs> yeah, I mean, about. Yeah, it's kind
0: of obvious for those who've seen the movie. But
4: <laughs> yeah, I can understand why that I would just, be just like I was like, a I see much.
0: the tech, the te- the mechanism by which you're telling this story. I'm just not here for it. Yeah, well, but that said, oh,
1: you have to finish it.
0: But that said, um, I, I again, I appreciated what I watched, and I think Colin Farrell was amazing, and you know, deserves as each of the actors that I saw.
4: Mm-hmm. Brendan Gleeson. Oh,
0: yeah. Brendan Gleeson. I mean, it's just like a icon at this yeah, point. A right? Yeah, a uh, treasure.
4: So the Banshees of Inna Sheeran and Everything Everywhere All at Once each received five nominations apiece at the SAG Awards. Mm-hmm. Have either of you seen that yet? No.
0: I need to see that. Oh, it's yeah. on my list. Everything? Can we see it? Oh, you have seen it, Don?
1: Oh, I saw it in the theater. And? Yes, and I own it. I bought it. Oh, wow. It's unbelievable.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, it's I'm looking so forward to weird. seeing it.
1: Talk about weird. I mean, it is an action movie that is also just touching and bizarre. And you just can't believe they complete. Like, Michelle Yeoh kicks so much butt in this movie. And uh, just all the actors. Also, can we just talk about
0: the fact that you said you bought it? Like, did you buy it after you saw it in the theater? Really?
2: Yeah. Why did you buy the DVD?
1: Well, MC has a real DVD problem.
0: So you like, were just it's like a blockbuster his, downstairs. like who's when was the last time you bought a DVD?
1: Oh, he does. I mean, it's I'll take a picture, right. Bradley. I'll put it on Instagram. You guys will be Holly, shocked. sorry.
0: I just I had to make note of that.
4: DVDs are on the comeback. This is a trend.
0: Yeah. I, I will say I appreciate DVDs for the movies I love. Like, I would buy a DVD that I will, f- you know, consider within my canon of favorite movies of all time just so that I can get all the extra bits and pieces and have it should a streaming service decide to take it away. But right. I don't buy, like, you movies. You
1: don't ever really own something.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah, well, that's deep, Don. Oh man, there you go. Uh, But uh, a lot of people going back to hard DVD copies of their favorite movies and TV shows because of the trend of streaming services. Mm, Don't need to get me started to put up shows and then take them away. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So people are like, "Fine, I'm gonna have season seven of the X Files, and you can kiss my butt. I'm gonna watch it anytime I want." Yes,
0: let's watch it right now. Oh, we can't. We gotta go. And
4: by the way, the Award's happening Sunday, February 26th
0: fabulous okay, thank, you. thank you so much holly roberts when we come back blind items right here on my talk 1071 okay here's bradley here for my good friends at dakota dental Dakotadental.com. You can head there for all of your dental needs. Regular checkups, procedures you put off. It doesn't matter. Uh, Dakota Dental is there. Now, I will tell you, in fact, it was while I was getting my dental implant or the first step along that process that they did an x-ray. And in the x-ray, they go, you know, there is something else on another tooth that had previously been treated. And this was at another dentist years ago. They were like, we want you to go to an endodontist and have them take a look because they might need to redo that root canal. Turns out... That's exactly what needed to happen. So they referred me to a great endodontist. I was just there this morning. I made it, even in that icy weather. And I got great care. I uh, would not have known about that issue. I would not have been able to deal with that issue unless I was a patient at Dakota Dental. Head to dakotadental.com today. And don't forget to tell them, Bradley you. Hi, it's Julia. Thank you, Mike, and welcome back to the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. I'm the Bradley. That's the Dawn, and it's time to get to those juicy bits of gossip with the names left out. Blind Item. Blinded by the item. And in for Holly today, Mike. Mike is now the host
3: of the Blind Item Hello. segment here on the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. Dawn, turn on your mic. She's here. Oh, I know. Uh-huh. I didn't hear nope, her though. Th- that was that. That was that was me. Uh, oh. I'm tr- <laughs> Host I just I see I sh- lips moving. Yeah, no no no, that was that was on my end. <laughs> Host of blind well items and then not producing the show. That's uh, that's what I was just doing he right there. He has many
1: things to you do. You have you are a man of
3: many <laughs> talents. Please continue yes. with those talents. <laughs> we'll get it, we'll get it figured out, but we indeed will be doing blind items. Now we're going to start things off with this one. This foreign-born A-list mostly movie actress said that she thought about spilling something on her contracted dress from a designer just so she could wear something she actually liked.
1: Oh,
0: my gosh. Oh, to yeah, the Golden no. Globes?
3: To the Golden Globes. Yeah, these so are these all, are, I think, all yes. Golden Globey. They are all Golden okay, Globe related.
0: Cool. Oh, my gosh. Who foreign, is this?
1: Foreign-born? Foreign
3: you said born. foreign-born, mostly, mostly movie? movie actress. Yep.
0: Okay, so let's think about our foreign-born, mostly movie actresses. I mean...
1: Mm, uh, Anna de Armas?
0: That's a good guess. Good guess. But that good was guess.
1: such a beautiful dress. There's yeah. no way.
3: Oh, uh, who didn't want... Let's just say there's a reason why uh, she might uh, not love the contracted dress from the designer. Maybe there's been a little talk between her and the the designer in the last few months.
0: Oh.
3: If that gave it away, I apologize. No, but it
0: made me think of Kim Kardashian and Balenciaga, but... It's not, no. but, but that's, that's what it made guess, me think but of. She's not, a, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. but she's not an actor.
1: Oh, man. Um, is it Balenciaga and someone? No. Okay. But is
0: it that kind mm-hmm. of a scandal?
3: Um, I, less scandal, more just contract discussion, I think, oh. that I've seen. Oh. Gosh. Oh. mostly again, the, I've been familiarized with this situation in about the last 45 seconds. No so worries. I will to um, tell you
0: all the details. So give me a hint for um, the mostly
3: she, movie actress. Is she from the United Kingdom? Um, she is. Uh, no, no, she is not. Okay.
1: Is she, was she, she one of the presenters or winners?
3: Not a presenter, but she was, uh, her film was definitely in not the running me. for things.
1: Oh, shoot.
3: Mostly
0: movie actress, hmm. foreign born. How old are we talking? Somebody in their 40s?
3: Um, she is... Uh, Someone just, in their early 30s. You know, we just okay. watched this
0: dumb thing, Dawn. You'd think we have an idea of...
3: And Dang let's it. say when I'm saying A, I mean, right now there aren't many higher than this than this particular actress.
1: Oh, okay. A
3: plus a+ will go even that route, I guess. A plus?
1: I mean, this is oh as big
3: of a name as you're going to get. Actress
1: and Taylor Joy, no? nope. Uh,
3: as
1: big as you're gonna. Let's get. just say,
3: and I think her 2023 is 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 kind of uh, queuing up to be even better than her 2022 or her previous years. Oh my god, I I'm feel dying.
0: downright betrayed by my own lack
3: of knowledge. Oh my God.
0: Did she
3: win anything? Um, No, not that I'm aware of. Then why is she? Did not win anything, but one of her movies, let's just say her movie that she was in was up for uh, best. Uh, oh, actually, was it? It was up for.
1: This is so interesting. <laughs> I've got it. It was up for best
3: picture, this, no, we're total- or comedy.
0: We're totally going to get this. So, mostly movie actress, like top of the charts. Yep. A list actress. Who are A list oh,
1: actresses? Oh, Margot Robbie? Yes! You got there! You got
3: there. Well done. So, okay. apparently, there's been some contract issues between Chanel and uh, Margot Robbie in the past. And this is since like uh, November of this past year. They apparently uh, were convinced she was released from her contract. Something they went back and forth. And it sounds like that era is not quite over yet because she did show up in a uh, Chanel dress. It's going to be so.
0: horrible when you're like, you oh. have to wear the dress. And you're yes. like, I don't like, because the you're dress.
1: contracted to wear the dress because you represent us.
3: Like you don't. Dress. Exactly.
1: Let me see what she looked like. Go on, though, Mike. Go All
3: right. On. We'll move on to the the next one
1: by the item.
3: stick with me here this is a bit of a longer one but considering he is from southern california born and raised no one can figure out where this nominee slash winner from last night got his heavy southern accent mm-hmm. he has never had it before and apparently he decided he was going to method act his appearance last night as the subject of the movie for which he was nominated and ultimately won austin Bradley Turner. butler which I was Austin. fine with that yes, accent, done. the entire
0: time. Had zero That's problems. Right. Don, you?
1: I, I I didn't have a problem at all. I just wanted to like you know get a donut and roll around in bed. I don't know. <laughs> I know.
0: With, thank you for you saying some, the obvious, like a
1: biscuit or something. And I don't like, need, like, like
0: some honey some and honey some, some butter. On it and just like on, wait like on the biscuit jam. or <laughs> yes. I
4: don't, just don't know. Say yes.
0: That yes, he just, just okay. Also, did you not appreciate how Brad Pitty he is? Like I, yes. There's a Brad Pitt looks quality mm-hmm. to him,
1: and he also thanked Brad Pitt for basically saying thank you for being you, so I can be me.
0: Yes. Which, which I'm just like, I wonder if there's like a bro fest between those two because don't you feel like sleep together? I mean, that's some fan fiction I would read, John. <laughs> Get busy writing, you could make a few bucks. God.
3: But can we talk
0: about Brad Pitt, too? I'm sorry, Mike, if mm-hmm. this Go is for <laughs> if the donut and the biscuit was too much, but um, can we just talk about, too, like Brad Pitt? Looks amazing. Now I know he should look amazing. What is going on? He should look amazing because he has time and money.
1: He's been drinking since he was like 12.
0: Well, that's true. But whatever secret powers or deal with whatever deity he made, not a demon, Don, because those don't exist, whatever that he has done, it is working for him. I mean, long hair, short hair, crew cut, ponytail, uh, mullet, like,
1: he, hair clip. Hair clip. in moment. Yeah. Whatever. Like
0: sock cap. You know, whatever it is. Like he pulls it off.
1: And it's not like that star is fading. It's been that way for like
0: Well, and despite years. some really, really, really troubling allegations. Right?
1: Right. No one seems to care.
0: <sighs> well, I do care about that. But Austin Butler, let's go back to what care. started this all about. Austin Butler. Get out our
1: biscuits again. <laughs> we
0: gotta, <laughs> we're going to go eat biscuits with Austin Butler. I don't know. That's the quote mm. for the day Biscuits oh with Austin Butler. Who's with us? It's a form a line because we're
3: first. That's okay. right. Let's do another one. That's right.
1: By the
3: Horny Adventures. All right, for this next one, the host told a great joke and made a great comment about this particular celebrity cult, but everyone was too scared to be seen laughing about it in the room in fear of retaliation, not from the cult, but from the actor in which the comments were directed. Two, one. Done.
0: Oh,
1: that would be Tom Cruise and then uh, Kelly Miscavige. Shelley. Shelley. Shelley Miscavige, or Miscavige, as he said. Yeah. Gerard Carmichael made a joke.
0: Yeah, this this oh, was my favorite moment of the night. I literally squealed out loud. Ah! He right, went there.
1: You're super into Scientology. He
0: went there. Well, I'm super into people. You know, talking about Shelley Miscavige. And what I loved about this was that um, you could feel the uncomfortability in the room. Like we'll we're going to talk about this later in the show, but you could just. Feel the people like, oh, they had to swallow their laughter, should uh, you know, lest a camera pan to them at an awkward moment.
1: I know. Oh my gosh, mm. that was delicious. Where is Shelly? Where's Shelly?
0: It's rhetorical. I don't know.
3: Um, should we do another blinding? Let's do another one. I well, apparently the organization always says they don't tell nominees if they're going to win or not, but that isn't always the case because this permanent A-list director absolutely knew he was going to be a winner when he showed up.
1: Oh, hmm. I believe this totally, what you're saying. I can't think of who it would be, but...
0: Well, okay, so who who are we Eddie looking Murphy? for
3: again? Uh, A-list this director.
1: permanent A-list permanent oh,
3: director, oh, not actor.
1: Spielberg.
3: Nailed it, yes. Yeah,
1: well, he really did feign um, sort of shock. So that was good. Who <gasps>
3: mm-hmm. me? Not only a great director, like, apparently a great actor as well.
1: Yeah, I loved his speech. <laughs> I thought it was very, I thought it was humble, and it really showed that his um, vulnerability in yeah. telling this story. You know, I did you see the Fablemans? Either of you?
3: No, not did yet. not not yet.
1: Okay, I, I saw the Fablemans. And um, we actually rented it at home. We paid $20. I'm like, it's $10 each. It's fine. Um, and I can see how this is his story, his childhood story. Yeah. It's it was a little the way it was told was a little Spielberg-y and precious. But I loved the speech because it really showed how hard it was for him to tell it. Because it was like the deepest part of himself. And he told it in different ways, he Mm -hmm. said in the speech, like through E.T. And I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. Because his parents got divorced. His parents get divorced in the movie, and it's such a big deal to him and his life. Um, And his mother was, Michelle Williams, was, Mm -hmm. I mean, just all over the place. And how that affected him and how much he loved her. But at the same time, knew things about her, I'll just say. That was um, I don't think kids should know and see. So it was really I I don't know.
0: I'm looking forward to watching that. Will you just fill in that blank, quick, Mike? Uh, As far as that blind item, just so that people get the payoff of the blind. It was just that it was
3: it was Steven Spielberg. Apparently, there. I. Yeah, no. Yeah, Yeah, they told him in advance. That's all we had, but apparently he was well aware of it going into the uh, into the night. I
1: wonder why.
3: I don't know. Or,
1: wh- or do you think a why? lot of them know?
0: Well, I yeah, look Hollywood. I'm not like it's the land of make believe. Why would we think anything they're telling us is true? Remember what we say: nothing is real, and everyone smokes. The reason
1: why I think people knew about the ones that weren't going to show up is because they just like the presenters had to know, right? Oh, and because they never like had cameras on the audience on the other um, nominees. Did you notice that? Like, they didn't pan to people who lost. Yeah, It was just like, it was done because they wanted to be done with it. Because part of these people didn't show up because they're they're opposed to the Golden Globes. Yeah, they're I would protesting. assume.
3: It sounds like the assume. one little follow-up is, as well is they also wanted to make sure he was actually going to show up to the event. Yeah. So that's why they oh. kind of made sure he knew, oh yeah, you're going to win, so we want you to be there. Do you Otherwise... think they told
1: James Cameron the same thing? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Don loves James Cameron. Hey, when we come back, Sorry. we've got to talk about... we gotta we got to move because we got to talk about the most exciting thing in our lives lately. Not the Golden Globes. Actually, Prince Harry's memoir. It's spare. We're doing our not-a-book club when we return right here on My Talk 1071. <coughs> the royal lies begin. Or the royal lies? The royal lives begin here <laughs> Yeah,
1: the lies have been for a long time. The
0: lies have been happening for a long time, but we're finally getting the truth from Prince Harry. It is uh, the next installment of our Not A Book Club here on The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. I'm the Bradley. That's the Dawn. Dawn, where are we in the book? And by the way, you guys, feel free. Sorry, Dawn. I just wanted to let the listeners know. Feel free to jump in on our Not A Book Club where... We're we're listening to the audiobook, so it's not technically a book so it's club.
1: Not really, it's because we don't want to make Lori and Julia mad.
0: Yeah, we just don't want to get yelled at. Because if we're like, you can't. Ha-. Anyway, um, so we're <laughs> listening to Spare. I know we're we're finally getting into the bits. It's a long book. I will say, I think it's like a fourteen hour listen, fourteen fifteen hour yeah. listen, right? Or maybe it's more than that. I don't know. Anyway, where are we at?
1: It's about there. Well, um, I'm around chapter eight right now, okay. which the chapters are short, so like oh some God. of them are two minutes long. Yeah. I just want to point that out. So it really does feel like you're making progress. Like whenever you pick up a book and you see Stephen King is really good, I would like to point out, at making short chapters. And it really makes you move along in the book. Yeah. Some people have these long paragraph, just like it's 50 pages till, and it makes you feel overwhelmed. This is kind of like that a Stephen King approach where it's like, here's a tidbit, here's a tidbit. And it's perfect for an audiobook because if you are consuming it in your car or in between things, it's a really great way to go, okay, I can stop here at chapter eight. Yeah. And then go put in a load of whites. You know what I mean?
0: Exactly. It, it is really easy <laughs> to stop and start. And I've been listening, you know, I was listening this morning um, as I was dodging sheets of ice, uh, headed to the dentist. Ugh. I was listening to uh, Prince Harry talk about Spare. I did also just want to acknowledge that Mike is along for the ride now, Don. He didn't get the chance to listen yesterday, so he is now... Into the thick of it, what have been before we get to where we are today, mm-hmm. Mike? Why don't you give us just give us some ideas as a person who just started this book?
3: Yeah, I just jumped in. I'm on chapter 27 now. It was a big uh, night last night, so I just been. Wow, I, you went what? all in. Well, I had the oh choice. I nice. was like, I do I watch it. Do I watch the Golden Globes or do I sit here and play golf on video <gasps> games and listen to the to the book while I'm doing yeah. it? And that's exactly what You're I did. Playing it's playing golf, it's a, on perfect. video
1: games, and <laughs> then listening to an audio a book. 2K23.
3: Genius. You don't have to think at all. You're just playing random random golf game and then you're just listening it's, it's perfect I we, we're all gonna get along just fine. <laughs> so uh, yeah we ran ran through that and uh, no it's been really really good I just like yeah, I told you guys yesterday I'm coming from this at a completely different spot four or five months ago before I started here at the station I literally had nothing when it came to knowledge of Royals or anything about it so sure. this is really a fun way to kind of jump in and the book does a really good job of starting you know from a young age when he went through the uh, traumatic experience that he yeah. did, losing his mother and that whole thing and and really getting an idea idea of what life was like as a royal now i want to ask you uh, a
0: little bit mike did you even know about like how much of the princess diana story did
3: you feel like you knew i knew he's young yeah i knew of it because what was the exact year when that uh 1997 okay right so i would have been nine i would have been sorry no i would have been 11 math is hard um so i'd have been about 10 or 11 in that range so the
1: same age
3: yeah yeah, Prince Harry exactly kind of, he was 12 yeah no doubt and I uh, have
1: such a big reaction to
3: that <laughs> but it was one of those things where like I was well aware that it was a big deal and it was on television constantly and my dad was a huge like news guy so we just had seen it all on all the time and there was always what you were actually watching. remembered. it i was aware of it happening i never understood because prior to that i didn't realize how big of a deal it was i didn't know the drama that was happening uh, with the family at that time so that was all i had of knowledge of it going in
0: um if you're just joining us we're talking about spare prince harry's memoir about essentially his life and i i'm at the point i I don't know exactly what chapter i'm on but i'm at the point where uh i've i'm into his childhood and he's talking about you know the events surrounding the death of his mother what life was like at that time and now it's in the point where he's discussing what life is like after his mother's death and the thing that I just kept coming back to and the thing that I wanted to make sure we talked about today was just this sense of loneliness and aloneness and uh, that he was required to experience at a like the time when the exact worst time to have a child be alone. Right. Like he just yes. lost his mother and he is not surrounded by those that love him most. He's surrounded by you know people who I'm sure had his best interest at heart, but essentially were not connected to him in any other way than that they were, you know, his teachers Death. or you know the the friends at school. It was it just seems so cold and aloof and lonely, and I couldn't help but think about Prince Harry because he's telling us about his experience, but of course also Prince William, who even more so. Because we don't hear his voice right now, right? Like, we're not hearing anything directly from him. And we won't. And we won't, very likely. And I just thought about how lonely these two must have felt and continue to feel because they never got the chance to grieve the loss of one of the most important people in their lives in a way that you or I or many people have the fortunate ability to do. Right?
1: It's so traumatic. It's just really the trauma... That, that he must have. I mean, we're hearing it right now. We're seeing it play out in his life. It's something that will never leave him. And it, the thing that sucks about it is that it could have been handled differently. You know, when someone loses their mother, what a time where you should surround that person, whether or not you live in <clears throat> a castle or um, a one bedroom apartment this is the time when you should surround that child with love and it doesn't have anything to do with education. That's just pure instincts on a human level and that he wasn't given that. And not only that, it's magnified because he is in the position he is and his mother was who she was. So the world is looking at you. Not only did your mother die, but the world knows about it and they're all mourning. But then once again, there's so many people, but you're so lonely, you know?
0: Yeah, it, 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 It's tr-
1: even worse loneliness.
0: It truly does just show that no matter how much money, how much privilege, uh, or who you are, what life you were born into, you are still capable of dealing with immense grief and tragedy. Now, he's got a lot of resources to deal with that immense grief and tragedy, and one of those is a book we're reading, and we're going to continue yes. to talk about later in the show if you have thoughts about Prince Harry's memoir give us uh, a ring send us an email drop us a tweet uh, and we'll get to those later in the show when we come back on the adventures of Bradley and Dawn, we're going to go back to the Golden Globes and tell you what we thought right here on my talk 1071.